One day, while I was thinking of unseen things above, my Savior came unto me and filled me with His love. I would down this battlefield. I want to die in this war. I want to die on this battlefield with glory in my soul. Our Father, in the blessed name that is above every name, we come into your blessed presence. And dear Lord, without your presence today in this place, all would be vain and worse than vain. I pray, Lord, that you will have the preeminence, that you will have the honor and the glory and the praise and the adoration. And God may, if anything happens, may men get a glimpse of Jesus. We pray that those that are lost might be saved. And God, for those that have drifted from the way, might return and come to where you would have us to be. Lead us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. It is impossible for me to tell you how thrilled I am to be here today. Of course, at my age and health, I'm glad to be anywhere. It's a joy to see you. Joy to be with Brother Lawson and Sister Lawson and this church. I always look forward to this. I, I might say this, it might mean something to you, it does to me. People are aware where I go most of the time and where I'm going to be preaching and I got a call on my cell phone yesterday about, uh, oh, I don't remember exactly what time it was, and it said, Preacher, where are you going to be tomorrow? And I told them at Temple Baptist Church in Knoxville. And they said, well, maybe you'll be on the internet, on the website and we'll get to hear you preach. So there's people listening uh, all around the country, and we're grateful. Your website is a blessing, folks. Your website is a blessing to thousands and multiplied millions of people. Pray for its ministry every day. Pray that God would use it. Don't belittle the, the technology of websites. I, I rece there's a letter. Now, let me just lay this before you, and I'll bring the message. There's a lady, I'm not going to say what state she's in, she called me one day. I'd never met her. And uh, I thought of you this morning when you were talking about the Catholics. This lady is a Catholic, has been a Catholic all of her life. Never known anything but Catholicism. Never known anything. Until one day, through and by the marvelous grace of God, she found holding forth the word ministries on the website. And she called me and said, and I will, I'll get this next day, but she said, 
Are you telling the truth? I've never heard anything like that in my life. And uh, she was so excited. She talked for an hour and 20 minutes. And she said, these Baptists said, they're strange, amen. And I said, some of them are, yes. And she said, I, I need prayer. I've been praying for her now for three months. She called me from Pensacola, Florida the other day. She had visited from where she lives in the north down there. And she said, I got some folks and said, they're Baptists and they want to take me tomorrow to a Baptist church. She said, I don't know what to do. I said, go. Amen. Go. She got out of the church and called me. She said, I like it. I like it. Pray for her that God will save her. I want you to, I want you to, I'm interested in her and I want you to pray for her. I want you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of St. Luke. And I want to read from chapter 18. Now, when I first met you folks here at that temple, I was one of those fellows that shell the corn and grind the cob too. But uh, that's, uh, I do good to shell just a little corn now. But uh, I, I'm not able. But you, you pray. I don't want to get into that. You just pray for me that God will use what He wants me to say to His glory. And I'd love to see somebody say, let's stand today, would you? From verse 9 of chapter 18, the book of St. Luke. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank Thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes under heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, <laughs> <laughs> God be merciful to me a sinner now if you miss this next verse you're going to miss something I tell you this man went down to his house just as if I'd rather than the other, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be a base, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You may be seated.
We're living, I don't think any of you will disagree with the next statement, we're living in a religious world. Everywhere you look and every way you turn, you can find some form of religion. And I'm sorry to say that many in our Baptist churches, all they have is religion. It's one of those dangerous, and may I say this very cautiously, the most dangerous and damning things that you can allow to happen in your life. I'm going to say this, and please weigh it out before you judge me on it. Religion in the form that we see it in a lot of places will take your soul to hell. There are, and I say this with deep regret, not with sarcasm and not with a little flippant attitude, there are a lot of Baptists going to hell. And if you think I'm rejoicing about that, you're wrong. I'm talking about good men and good women that live good, clean, moral lives every day, pay their debts, work hard, raise their families, go to church on Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and are lost. Now you say, now preacher, that makes me somewhat upset with you. Calm down, you'll be alright. When you receive the truth of that statement, it'll make you think, and the Bible said, let a man examine himself. Wherein and therein lies a, a great tragedy. A lot of men are afraid to look at their self. A man told me the other day of his physical ailment, and I said, go to the doctor. And you know what he told me? He said, I'm afraid of what he'll tell me. I know I'm sick, but I don't want to know what's wrong. Someone may be sitting here right now that has just listened to what I've said. You're good. Listen, you will have to say, this fellow that was up praying this pious prayer had some good qualities. Amen. Amen. Here, you, you'll have to say that. Here's a man that had some good, let me qualify this, some religious qualities. You'll have to admire him from some points of view. But the tragedy of all tragedies was, he did not know the Lord. Let a man, I challenge you to look into your own heart. You notice now we see two men here. Two men. Notice this man. They went up to the temple. They were church going fellows. I mean, you listen to me. Here was church going man, a publican. Here was a religious man, a fat, righteous, self righteous, older than thou. I believe I used to pastor this fellow. I believe I knew him. Here was a man. Please look, and I'm not trying to be a comedian. 
Look at his attitude. You can almost pick out one of these fellows by their attitude. Come on, brother. Come on. They have a way of talking. Have a way of praying. <laughs> they, well, you can almost spot well, every time one of them prays, you can almost pick him out. Our Father. Gag a maggot. Here he is. You call in and pray. And everything gets right to listen to his tongue. Here this boy is. Listen to it. He said, oh, you pick him out. Listen. I thank thee. Boy, now that's nice of him, wasn't it? I thank thee that I'm not as other men are. He was so proud of himself. He was so pious. He was so good. And then he really went overboard. He said, I thank thee that I'm not like this public. Now you say you haven't got much to say about that publican. Yes, I have. Oh, I've got something to say about this boy. Here was a man that suddenly faced himself. Here was a man that took that long look at himself. Smooth upon his chest. Here was a man that had a head-on collision with God. Yes. He saw himself. He knew himself. Challenge you to take a look at yourself. Get down below that religious crust. Get down below that piety of yours. Get down below that what people think about you and what you and God know about you. Why, no doubt folks would say to you with all honesty because they all they've saw is your religion. Oh, that fellow's a good fellow. But deep inside, you know better. Yeah. You know in those dark nights with your head pressing a pillow, the Holy Ghost whispers to your soul, your religion stinks in my life. Your religion's not worthy. Like my papa used to say, a flip. Now we're going to get a... You, you pray for me that God will just... Let me just... The saddest commentary I can make tonight is not today, not is not judgmental. I do not know your heart. But you do. Amen. 
You don't know my heart. God does. I love, listen, there's not a man in the world that I have more deep respect for and love and appreciation than your pastor belongs. But knowing what I have for certainty, I wouldn't swap with you, Brother Lowe's. And you wouldn't swap with me. You would be a fool to do so. And you say, well, Brother Blue, I think you're all... No, it's not what you think. It's what God and I know. See, I was there when... I'm not able to run and jump, but I was there. August the 27th, 1935, I was there. He touched me. Oh, He touched me. And oh, the joy that filled my soul. Something happened, and now I know He touched me and made me whole. He smote upon His chest. Then He addressed the Almighty, the Sovereign, the Holy, the Divine, the Great I Am. And said, he never asked for justice, but he said, be merciful. That's what you want. That's what you need is not justice, but the mercy of Almighty God. Justice would condemn our departure to the bottomless pit. None of us could stand justice. All of us combined could not stand justice. But when justice called, mercy answered. When I should have been consigned to the bottomless pits, In that blessed hour, in that blessed moment, in that blessed time, God's Son, the man that stands between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. I love that. Pleaded my case and my cause. And said, I died for Him. Once my soul was astray from the heavenly way. I was as wretched and as vile as could be. But my Savior in love gave me peace 
from above when he reached down his hand for me. Here was a man that prayed a short, a short prayer. No, no, he did not embellish it with fine vows and tongues of religion. He only asked for mercy. I'd like to just dwell for a moment on this thought. I think you will all agree that God is able even to prepare a table in the wilderness. He's able. But may I say without fear of contradiction, there are people that God cannot save. Now, wait a minute. Don't, don't judge me. I'll be right there on the Scriptures. You just wait for me. Someone said, name me one that God can't save. God cannot save that man or woman that scoffs at the need of repentance. Except you repent. Some of you are not sorry for your sins. You're not ready to turn from your sin. You want and you do. You love and you want to keep. But God said no, except you repent. Your pride keeps you from repenting. Yep, yep, yep. Come on, preach it. Preach it. I don't need to. Yes, you do. <clears throat> I was preaching in a rather large congregation years ago. Years ago. And it was a rather, well, I, it was a respected congregation of, oh, it was a great church. I don't know why I remember this, but anyway, years and years ago, you remember the style, you ladies will remember this, when your hair was piled up way up high. Huh? How many of you ladies remember when you had that stuff? Lord God, I'm glad it's gone. And uh, I remember so well. In the, the very back of the congregation was a lady. Uh, you saw these beehives where it was just a little cone. And I'm talking seriously. I would not lie. This is God's pulpit. It was way up here, Brother Lowe's. Way up here. Way up here. And you could just see in that lady, you could just see pride oozing out all of her, every pore of her skin. Pride. And you could see by their dress and demeanor, you, were, you could tell they were well stationed in life. Oh, yeah. Had a little, had a little fox that had been killed, bless his heart, and wrapped around her neck. That little head of the little fox was laying up here, right the cross. Come on, Amen. Here was a girl that you didn't know how to ask questions. You knew she was religious. <laughs> and God let me preach that. Do you know what I mean, beloved? When God just plugs you in, just plugs you in. I'm talking about. Pubs, you wouldn't. Amen. 
And that day God plumbed me in. Then I was a preaching and a running and a jumping and up and down the aisles. And all of a sudden, that old girl I never will forget it. She had cried till her makeup made her look like a zebra. The stripes was all across her face. And she screamed, My God, I can't stand it no more. And down the aisle, she come a running. I mean, a running. Her husband that I found out later was a Georgia State Patrol. And here she come, and in her, in her, her situation, she was shaking and talking about this emotion. She was so moved that I, it kind of scared me. Her hair dropped over the side. And it was waving like that. I didn't know it, but as a hairpiece. And she ran to the altar. And the thing funny about it, her husband was coming down behind her trying to straighten her hair out. And she got on her, on her knees and he was still trying to straighten that water hair. And she, after a while, got, that old girl was praying. Her pride was done gone. And she said to her husband, leave me alone. And she reached up and got like a football, throwed it across her. It went bouncing over that one. And she said, oh God, listen to me, be merciful to me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Guess what happened? You got saved. You're not going to get saved till that stinking pride of yours gets slaughtered. The pride's got to go. Stop thinking what other people may suppose about you. Your eternal soul is in the balance. God's not going to save you until you come to that place of true, genuine repentance. Secondly, God can't save and won't save, will not. See, He'd have to contradict His Word. And He's not going to do that. Secondly, He said in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now here it is, that whosoever believeth. Wait a minute, let's weigh that word out. Not here. That's the reason you're in, some of you are in the mess you're in right now. That's all you know is here. With the heart. Man believer. Now we're not talking about just a little bitty flipping thing. We're talking about, and we're, I'm not talking about this pumping gizzard in here either that pumps the blood. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even coming close to talking about that. I'm talking about the inner depths 
the real being of man. Am I correct, Brother Lawson? When it comes to place, you say, Lord, I believe. I believe. I surrender all. When you come to that true place of Lord, I believe that Jesus died and rose again. You know I like that Ethiopian statement, don't you? That evangelist Philip said, now, uh, this boy was really wanting to get baptized. Now, I believe maybe Benny Chicken would have baptized him. They really do. But old Philip, he wasn't, he wasn't going to do that thing, but this thing baptism serious. Now, Philip, and let me just say this. Philip said that, yeah, you, you can, but said, I want to know what you believe. I want to know where you're at, boy. We're too anxious to duck people. We're too anxious to get them wet. Philip said, you're going to tell me what you believe. Boy, I like this. I like this. I like this. I like this. That black fellow said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Oh, Philip said, I'm going to baptize you, boy. And he took him down and baptized him. On what? What was his statement that convinced Philip that he was ready to be baptized? I believe. You're not going to be saved. See, the Bible, listen, I like this statement. He said, they that come to him must believe. Say that with me. Must believe. Say it again. Must believe. Believe what? I like this. That he is. That's not all. And that he is a rewarder of them that, boy, here's a word you don't see much. Diligently. Let me just put this in country language. Diligently get down to business. Seek Him. I've got to hurry. I'm not going to get through. I'm going to tell you something else God's not going to... See, God's not going to step over His Word. God, I said, 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 God, I said, God's not going to step over His word. Amen. Right, that's right. Amen. 
He's not going to say one thing and then do something else. He won't do it. Here is something I want you to notice. God's not going to save you until you come to Him. Said He said, and you will not come to Me that you might have life. Now wait, there's something else here we better cover just a little bit. I am an old-fashioned preacher. I believe in Holy Ghost conviction. I believe that one must be made aware of his sinfulness. Not because of some religious piety, but because of the preaching, the thorough preaching of the Word of God that shines the light on you and makes you see who you are and where you are. Then there's another thing, and then I've got to close. Why won't God save you? You know why? You won't and are not willing to confess Him. The first scripture I ever memorized was this verse. If thou shalt confess. You like that? Why are folks so reluctant? They say, well, I believe in Jesus. You haven't got a thing on the devil. He does too. You could say to the devil, say, Mr. Devil said, I ain't going to call him Mr. Devil, do you believe in Jesus? <laughs> believe in him. He said, oh, I've, I've met him head on. Yes, I believe in him. So you just sit there and say, well, yes, I believe in Jesus. I believe there was a Jesus. You haven't made one bit of head, boy. When I say, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, look, look at it now, the Lord Jesus. There's where you hit a snag, isn't it? There's where you hit a snag. You just won't own Him up as Lord. He's Lord. He's Lord. Say it with me. He's Lord. That sounded good, didn't it? Say it again. He's Lord. Some of you do not mind putting a little crucifix around your neck and a little cross. No. He's not wanting a place around your neck. He's wanting in your heart. In your heart. I say in your heart. In your heart. In your heart. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, that God has raised Him from the dead. How many of you believe? Wait, hold, don't, don't you raise your hand right now. Don't you dare. I want to ask you the question. I want to make sure you hear it first. How many of you believe there was a day that Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross, hung between the heavens and the earth, and took the sins of the whole world upon Him? He who knew who knew no sin became sin. Now don't raise your hand yet. 
But if you believe that, not yet. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. Amen. Thank you. And then they took him down and put him in a tomb. And he, that old stone was rolled to the tomb's mouth and he got up. And folded the napkins and laid them aside. And took a trip down into paradise. Remember an old boy that was hanging on the cross beside of him and said, Lord, remember me. I believe when Jesus got down into paradise, that old boy was a running and jumping because Jesus said, This day shall thou be with me in paradise. I ain't asked you to raise your hand yet, but if you believe that, we're not going to get into a debate about this, but I'm going to simply make a statement from Scripture on the third day. Oh, I like it. I like it. The third day. Bless His name. I say, I say, bless His name. Bless His wonderful name. On the third day, He that could not be holden by death. The angels swooped down past Venus, Pluto, Jupiter, Mars, settled down in a little graveyard and rolled a stone away. And he that could not be holed by death walked up. Hallelujah! And said for the world here, I'm he that was dead. But I'm alive forevermore. Now then, let's quote that verse again. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. How many believe that? Raise it up. Thank you, that. Oh, bless his name. Now, some of you simply believe that the resurrection is just a Easter icon. Far more than that. It was him that shut the keys in the devil's face and said, I'm alive. Now then, let's get a song ready. You have to give out. Get your invitation number ready. Come to the piano. I've got one other verse to quote to you. 
I wanted a part of a verse. And I want you to know your salvation can depend on whether you accept it or reject it. Some of you may go to hell this afternoon. Your destiny, your time limit may be very short. You may not be back tonight. You better listen to what I'm about to say. Softly. Because I live, you can live also. What are you going to do with Jesus? Well, you said, I've got religion. I don't care what religion you've got. I, don't, I, I could care a flip what religion you've got. I'm asking you what you're going to do with Jesus. Are you going to hang on that flimsy, stinking, pukey religion rather than bowing your stubborn, pride-filled knees and crying out, be merciful to me a sinner. I want us to stand. I want you to bow your heads in reverence. I want to see if there's someone here right now that will say, Brother Blue, today I don't want to leave this building till I've gave my heart to Jesus. Would you raise your hand right now and say, Pray for me. People are coming to the altar already. Is your pride keeping your hands by your side? Is your pride keeping you from doing what you know you need to do? Will you right now raise your hand and say, pray for me. Our Father, I pray that all of those that should come, all of those the Holy Ghost is dealing with, I pray they will come. In Christ's name, Amen. Let's sing right now. While we sing, will you come right now?